Hello and welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Schwan Humes. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast. Uh, Charlie Jewett joins me on the show all the way from Japan to discuss this past weekend's one championship show, which was uh, an all-women show, and also uh, Deep Jewels. Now, he watched the one championship show, and he attended the Deep Jewel show. Okay, so be sure you all check that out, because uh, you're going to get insights from him. You're not going to get anywhere else. And, uh, you know, I, I the fight, by the way, the fights for those two shows are all up on YouTube. So if you want to check them out, go ahead and do so. Okay, so that, so Schwan, do you have any questions about those shows before we get started? Uh, no, sir. Let's go ahead. Okay. Um, so we don't have a whole lot this week, okay? What we're going to talk about first is last Saturday's UFC show. And then we don't have a UFC show this weekend, but what we do have is a women's fight on the Dana White Contender Series next Tuesday. Okay? Okay, sir. Okay. So last Saturday, we had uh, at Flyweight, we had Molly McCann beat Gion Kim by unanimous decision. Okay? And you know, Molly McCann's fighting style is very deceptive, in my opinion. And I'll tell you why. She throws a lot. She misses a lot. And it fools judges. It's happened before with her fights. Okay? And in the case of Gian Kim, it's not such a big deal in that respect because her defense is so bad. It's awful. And that's why she lost the fight, because she just can't seem to defend. And, you know, uh, if you're watching the fight, you know, John Wood was trying to tell her what she needs to do. And, you know, her coach is there. Her coach from Korea is there. Eh? He was translating. So he's trying to tell her what she needs to do. But apparently she's not able to do that. So I think that's the number one thing he needs to work on with her, because she has skills. It's just that she doesn't have great power. And so she needs to be able to defend in order to win fights. And I, I think that's the number thing, one thing they need to work on with her. Yeah, um, the fight, even though the decision wasn't a, what I, how I thought it would go, pretty similar to what I thought it would. Um, McCann's not a great boxer. What she is is a girl who punches fairly well, but who's very busy and kind of uses volume and aggression and pace to overwhelm fighter. She doesn't always Schwan, 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 Schwan. Doesn't she miss 90% of the time? Like, it fools judges. Don't you yeah, think? Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it, it fools judges. because Well, it fools judges, but it also... I wanted to point out one thing. The same thing happened in her fight against Ariane Lipsky. I thought Ariane, that fight was a lot closer than the way it was scored. And it came down to throws so many punches, she gets away with it. How does she get away with that? Well, a lot of, a lot of times, fighters, when they're in fights, they'll say, somebody, threw, I, and I've talked to fighters about this, before fights and after fights, and a fighter will tell me, I didn't lose that fight. Yeah, they threw three times, four times, 
but they weren't landing. And I was like, that's true. You probably landed a cleaner and harder shot. But as a judge, you look at things outside of just punches landing. You kind of look for the story of the fight. This person came in throwing, let's say, 30, 30 punches around. They, so they threw 30 punches. You hit them, but you were throwing a lower amount. And your amount either got lower while theirs either stayed the same or built. To the judges, it looks like that person's controlling the pace because you can't get away from their shot and you can't hit them to make them either hesitate or make them throw less, which makes them think that they're forcing their will on you because you can't you can't control where the fight's taking place and you can't hit them hard enough to back them off or you're not defensively sound enough to outposition them so they look as bad as they do. That's essentially what happened. Kim, in spots when the fight changed, you saw her jab, you saw her straight shots, you saw her with the cleaning, cleaner striking, you saw her with the better setups. But the thing is, every time Molly started throwing volume, Kim would Molly to bully her and get her hands on her, hold her against the cage and push her down and get her to the ground. And it basically looked like Molly was dictating the pace of the fight. She wasn't being effective with her strikes, but she was controlling where the fight took. She was controlling the pace of the fight. And in ties and clinches, she was actually winning those because she was controlling where the fight took place. It's, it's not even close. But a lot of these girls lack the technical skills to expose someone like Molly by making her miss and then blasting her. They either, once she starts throwing a lot, they stop throwing as much. So if they, start, if they plan on throwing 40, pound, 40 punches around, they're only throwing 10 to 15 because Molly's throwing so much that they won't let their hands go because they know their defense isn't good enough to get away from it. So they resort to either covering up or trying to get their range, and Molly just keeps punching. So it looks like she's controlling things. So it's an obvious plan to see through, but it's still smart because it's exploiting holes in most female fighters' game plans. They don't have the defensive footwork or the offensive tools to slow her down. So, so the main goal of someone like Molly McCann is to make the judges look like dopes. Basically, but it, and you know, and it's just like when we used to, but, we used but to talk Chuan, about Chuan, Chuan, against better fighters, she never get away with that. She won't, but she'll beat enough fighters where she'll keep a job and stay around the outskirts of that top 10 area because a lot there's not there's not a lot of depth in those divisions. So if she can just hang around long enough, she can put two or three wins together and maybe maybe get the right matchup and, and get into the top 10. That's very possible. She won't be <laughs> because she hasn't hit hard enough. Her defense isn't good enough, and she's not a good enough grappler, but she'll be able to stay in position. She'll be one of those girls who is right around the top 10 or in the top 10 for a long period of time because she can't beat the best, but she can essentially beat everybody else around the best, and that's good enough to keep you employed. But don't fighters want to be better than that? Um, I think I think a lot of fighters do. But some fighters don't know any different. Like if you get if you're get if you're getting so, wins. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So you're telling me that her ambition is to be mediocre? I don't think her ambition necessarily is. But for one thing, fighters don't want to get cut from the UFC, even if they're getting not getting paid as much. They want to stay in the UFC for one. And two, McCann's not a great athlete in any instance. So a lot of her losses, her coaching. Her coaches or other her fans can blame it on her not being a great athlete. They can say, well, if she was a better athlete, she'd be fine. She's doing great for what she has. So you can spin it. You can sell it to her or to her fans that, hey, we're getting wins. If we match you just right, we can get you to where you want to get. Because she hasn't been blown out. She's been beaten, but she hasn't really systematically just been dominated. So to her, she's two or three steps off of being elite because yeah, nobody's really – She she ain't getting there. You well, as a fighter, as a fighter, you lie to yourself, and it's, it's 
light of the fight. And I've sat there on the, the text message group chats, the conversations, and I'm like, y'all are lying to this person. You're telling her this is going to work moving forward. We're telling him. We all know it's not going to, but you're trying to build their confidence because you think if they just buy into what you're telling them, it'll help them win. And it will. Schwan, 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 Schwan. Yes. Schwan. Yeah. To me, she doesn't seem confident. She seems freaking desperate. Well, then they're going to look at the desk. They're going to see where you see desperation. If they're in their corner, they're going to say, look, see the success you're having. See how you're able to control the pace. Just buy in. Stop stop doing these other things and focus on what we're telling you. We have a game plan that's going to expose the, holes. Then, then you know what? They're going to have to be very careful about choosing her opponents. And at some point, she's going to fight somebody who's going to destroy her. Yeah, at some point. But the thing about it is for most of her losses, for the majority of them, they could have been more or less could have been either way. So in her mind, she can lie to herself and say, well, I was just a little bit off of winning. Because to her style girls have this whole her style is going to keep her in close fights whether she wins or loses them so then she can be like well, if i would have pushed a little bit harder if i'd have been more aggressive when clearly it's a lack of actual skill and iq that's holding her back because the fights are close she can lie to herself and her and her camp can lie to her as well and then part of it is like you said earlier she's not all that great there's really a cap on how far she can go this might be the best we see of Molly McCann because she's not a great puncher. She's not a great grappler. She's not dynamic. She's not tall. She's not fast. She's not explosive. She's a pretty average athlete who gets by on volume, activity, and being and, and being able to take a shot. That, that's and hope she gets it, by. And, and, and you got to line all your ducks in a row so the judges are complete dopes. Exactly. But one last thing. Nobody, nobody who ever saw Molly McCann fight, even from overseas or you or me, saw her as a future title contender. So anything she gets in the UFC is actually to her benefit because she, if we look, she has none of the tools to be a champion. So her winning two or three fights in a division is actually really good because she's not championship material. As far as Kim goes, I think the deal there is that John Wood, like she's only been there at, at um, Syndicate for, what, about three months or something like that? Yeah, she, it's it's not it's not just her that's there. It's their coaches from Korea are there too, and so uh, what John Wood now knows is the main thing he has to work on with her is her defense because she doesn't have the power to overwhelm anybody. But if you can get her at least effective defensively, it should make her a lot better fighter. I think. Yeah, she she's got decent striking, but the thing is, she likes to sit down on her punches. And really kind of get into these brawls. And like you said, she doesn't hit hard enough to really overwhelm anybody or to stop anybody. So instead of focusing well, on that, I, I, but her offense needs to be a little bit more varied so, so, so that it's not as sloppy. So she won't get countered as much. Her, her offense isn't very sharp. She fights like a girl who can punch. But she can't really punch. But that's how she fights. Well, I think a lot of the problem is that in Korea, they don't really teach MMA over there. Most of the Koreans that come over here, whether they're with the UFC or whoever, they are kickboxers, okay? Ham So-He is considered a great MMA fighter now. She started as a kickboxer, like all of them. The Korean <laughs> zombie, he started as a kickboxer. They all do. Yeah. Okay? But... And, so, and, and so you have to give her coach out of Korea a lot of credit for realizing that she needed better coaching. 
better coach. Yeah, she she did because she has limited tools, so she needs someone who's going to make the very best of them, so as not to put her in bad because she can't afford to get in bad situations. The Korean zombie what? has explosiveness; he has durability. Uh, who's the other one? Sylvie Hyung. She's a devastating striker as far as power and durability and physicality. Pretty average, yeah. so she can't make mistakes. She has to fight almost a perfect textbook fight for her to win. Well, this is the thing that this this is the thing they realized that the coaching she was getting was not good enough. So that's why they brought her to Vegas. Yeah. And, she, and, and they, they were writing that. She's got some, she's got some good tools, but the thing is going to take, it's going to take John Wood a little bit of time to really set it in with her because she just, she doesn't, she doesn't have like an ace in the hole, even in her striking, her striking isn't so good that she has a huge advantage. She has some size and reach, but she's never used. You learn how to use that appropriately, so they've got to work on that. And she doesn't have any dynamic athleticism to kind of level out when she makes mistakes. Her his other fighters have some some aspect that stands out that allows it some margin for error. JoJo has her size and physicality. Rossi has her IQ and her grappling. Kim is pretty pretty average, straight up and down. So it's these changes. I don't know if she sticks around the UFC long enough before the changes start paying off. Well, we'll see about that. Okay, so there's no UFC show this uh, um, Saturday, but there is a Dana White Contender Series on Tuesday, and there's a women's fight for the first time on this season. And so this show airs on ESPN Plus in the U.S. and Canada. It airs on TSN. Uh, it kind of conflicts with NXT, so I'll probably watch it on UFC Fight Pass afterwards. Um I, listen, I wanted to talk a little about the, the, the Dana White Contender Series for just a moment. And that's that, you know, when it first started, I think the contracts meant something. Okay? Now it's come to a point where it's like, you know, you get a contract, you get a contract, everybody gets a contract. I mean, does it seem like maybe they've kind of watered it down a little bit? Maybe because they need bodies. Yeah, I mean, that's ultimately what it comes down to. Once they get the, the, the ESPN deal where they had to have so many shows and they had to fill out so many cards, they need bodies. So you need people who are, A, exciting, so they have a little bit of buzz behind them, and, and B, you just need people who, who can show up and who are willing to take fights because you have, we have so many dropouts every card, two, three, four people drop out. People are getting all sorts of opportunities that they're not ready for and they don't deserve because the UFC has a schedule that they don't have the manpower to match. So they need bodies, and they need bodies for cheap. That's what part of what the Dana White contender series. Uh, contender series. Well, that's not how it's. That's not how it started. No. All right. Anyway, so this fight here is at uh, uh, Flyway, first women's show, uh, women's match on the show this season, and it's uh, the fighters are Jasmine Jazdevicious <laughs> versus. Uh, Julia Palastri. So let's talk about the fighters a little bit. Jasmine uh, is from uh, 31 years old from St. Catharines, Ontario. And just for those who aren't familiar with Canada, that is on the Niagara Peninsula, near Niagara Falls, the Hamilton. You get the idea. It's closer to Niagara Falls than it is to Hamilton. Okay. And uh, she, her record is five and one. She has mostly fought for CFFC, 
and her latest fight, you can watch it. It was on CFFC 93, and you can watch it on UFC Fight Pass. Okay, now, she's moved to Vegas, and she's training, guess with who? John Wood yes, at Syndicate MMA. Yeah, we were just talking about him. And so, uh, so, that's, so that's her. Julia Palastri is 22 years old from Rio de Janeiro, uh, Brazil. I believe the place where she trains is called CWB. So she's pretty young. Um, now, she's a former Shudo Brazil strawweight champion. So there's the rub right there. Now, uh, her latest fight, uh, which was an SFT, uh, that was, that is on YouTube. So you can watch that on YouTube. So I watched both of those fights. I don't know if it really taught, I learned anything from that. I, the main thing here is that uh, Julia has never fought at flyweight. She has strictly fought at strawweight. Okay? So I would suggest that Jasmine... Uh, has a big advantage here, okay, is a size advantage. And she's been touted by, you know how you got these guys who write about top prospects and that sort of thing? Mm-hmm. So, she's, so she's been touted as a top prospect, except at 31 years of, of age, she's a little old to be a top prospect, in my opinion. Okay, so I don't know if you watched either of those fights, but uh, you got any comments on these fighters? Yeah, uh, as far as Pelostri, oh, excuse me, how do you say her name again? Julia Pelostri. Pelostri. What have with, with Brazilian fighters is, uh, in a lot of cases, their offensive skill sets and their aggression is always fairly, fairly set. The problem is they're not facing opponents who have the physicality or the, the defensive skills to take away what they like to do or the physicality to kind of push back when they're trying to assert themselves. So when you see a lot of these Brazilian female fighters, or usually female fighters, they're able to physically impose themselves on their opponents. They walk them down, they chop them up, they beat them up, they overwhelm them. Then they go into other other organizations or bigger organizations, and all of a sudden they don't have the physical... The phys- and you find out that their striking is largely based on their ability to physically dominate someone. Once they can't do that, you find out they don't really have much defense, intelligent isn't particularly good defensively or offensively or on the counter and that's what i'll start that's what that's what my concern with julia again it's fighting jasmine jasmine's going to be have a huge advantage in size and i think she'll have one in reach and julia seems to be the kind of fighter who likes to push a pace and meet you with the point of contact and kind of break you down and break your will and back you up and overwhelm you i don't know that that works against jasmine jasmine's easy to hit even if she's gotten better she's still easy to hit but i'm gonna i'm gonna She's had better sparring in the lead up to this fight. She's faced more girls with more size and physicality. She's, she she's training with Roxanne. Yeah, and she she's higher IQ fighter. She's faced better grapplers, and 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 she's been a syndicate on and off for a, a period of time. She she's facing better better athletes. I think she moved she right. she moved down there. She moved down there at the beginning of this year. Yeah, I think so, she's been. So it's obviously it. look. It's obvious she wants to get into the UFC, so that's why she did that. Like she's being touted as a top prospect, even though she's too old to be a top prospect. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so I, I, I thought, I thought the fight that I thought the fight, I thought the fight that I watched on YouTube, I thought that Julia's opponent was awful. Learned nothing from that fight because her opponent was so bad. 
Okay. Uh, in the case of uh, uh, the fight that I watched on Fight Pass uh, with Jasmine, her opponent was a little better, but it was obvious she was going to win the fight. Yeah, well, ja- Jasmine fought the better opposition. At least, at least Reed is better than anybody that Julia fought right off the bat. Yeah, and I and I believe that Jasmine once again is sparring with a better quality of opponent. So, hello. Yeah, go ahead. So that so basically, Julia's going to her up, use her leg kicks, use her straight punches, but she Jasmine can punch her in Julia's kicking range. If Julia kicks her. Julia have a cleaner striking, but the thing about it is Jasmine can take a punch. Jasmine's going to be bigger and stronger, and Jasmine's going to want to get to the clinch and those body locks. And when she gets on her, I don't think she'll just totally overwhelm her. But eventually that size, that physicality, and that pace is going to wear her down. I don't think Julia, Jasmine's a great technical fighter, but she has an identity. She has some for the weight class, and she's aggressive. So it's going to give her every opportunity to wear down Julia and maybe finish with some, you know, a violent finish on the ground, whether it's by submission or just beating the hell out of her. I don't think I've seen enough from Julia as far as her athleticism or quality competition to do anything except pick Jasmine because Julia's always had the advantage. She hasn't faced anybody who is capable of matching her physically. At least I know for a fact Jasmine has. So I'm going to favor Jasmine in this. A better technical fighter, but she's a better fighter as far as the intangibles and the tangibles of coaching and quality sparring. She's been facing world-class people in sparring. I don't know when Julia's ever faced somebody world-class in sparring. Or she in hasn't. Fight. She hasn't. The, the one thing I will say about this fight is, depending on how it goes, I think it's very, especially if it goes the distance, I think it's possible that they both get contracts. And the reason I say that is that Julia is 22, and you can always drop her down to draw weight. Yeah, that that's that's a good point. Uh, and I hate we said we have, we said talked about this on the show before, and I've said this, and you push back a little bit, but you you understood what I was saying. As a female mixed martial artist, there's a lot more opportunities for you to get to the big show because it's the divisions don't have who are skilled. They don't have a lot of girls who are even close to the athleticism level to compete. So for every one guy that goes in there, you see girls, you're like, how does she get in there? But we have lots of guys who are ten times better. We don't have that many girls as good as this girl right here, even though she's terrible. But Schwan, she they've been doing it this season where they're giving up like way too many contracts. Yeah, but they're doing that because they have so many they, they have to keep their product rolling. And that that's also how the UFC maintains their power over the over the fighters. We don't care who we roll out there. As long as they have the letters UFC behind them, people are gonna think they're legit because people don't know any better. So the UFC is undercutting the bigger name fighters by constantly trailing out these, these people who don't have any names, haven't been world-class opposition, and have maybe just fought on the contender show or two, and, it, and putting them on prime time, whether it's on a prelim card or a main card. And it's undercutting the power of the more established talent. All right. Anyway, so we both think that Jasmine will probably win this fight, but yeah, depending on how it goes. But... Jasmine's defense on the, on the feet is terrible. Julia should have moments of success. I just don't think she can maintain them. I don't think she hits hard enough. Well, I, I think a lot of it is the size difference, and this is what I think it's possible they both might get contracts. Yep. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about, or is that it? Oh, no, that was about it, sir. Okay. Again, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast. Charlie Jewett is my guest this week, all the way from Japan. And we talk about uh, one championship 
and deep jewels and a little bit of rising as well. Uh, if you have any questions or comments for my uh, blog or either my podcast, you can leave them in Anchor's voicemail. If you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Have a good week. We'll talk to you later.